Our reading this morning is from the book of Romans. Romans chapter 15, on page 159 in the New Testament sections or on the screen. We who are strong ought to put up with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Each of us must please our neighbour for the good purpose of building up the neighbour. For Christ did not please himself, but, as it is written, the insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, so that by steadfastness and by the encouragement of the scriptures we might have hope. May the God of steadfastness and encouragement grant you to live in harmony with one another in accordance with Christ Jesus, so that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, good morning. Um, Well done for getting here this morning. Uh, It's inclement weather, as they say. And um, I was here for the 8 o'clock, and uh, I couldn't see my hand in front of my face. Almost literally, the fog was so thick then. Um, But there were some faithful brothers and sisters with us at 8 o'clock, and it's great to see you here today. Slightly odd to move the Bible on Bible Sunday away from this centre, but it's so I can have my notes here. A word of prayer as we turn to God's word. Heavenly Father, we thank you for bringing us safely to this place. May the words of my lips and the meditations of all our hearts be now and always acceptable to you, O God, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. What is the best-selling book in the world, the interviewer asked. Well, it won't be the Bible anymore, the uh, person being interviewed said. What do you think? Harry Potter? Classic. Another person. Lord of the Rings? Well, actually, it is the Bible still. And last Wednesday, a group of us gathered here to do something called the Bible Course, very good to be doing it in the week running up to Bible Sunday, where we heard those interviews and confirmation of the Bible's continuing preeminence as the world's bestseller, the world's bestseller, year after year. 400 million copies sold or distributed every year. And these days, of course, there are millions of downloads as well. How many languages do you think the Bible has been translated into? It isn't a quiz, but anyone want to hazard a guess? 3,000 languages so far. And people like uh, the translators, uh, Wycliffe translators, produce each year more languages to add to that list. It's pretty incredible as a record of a book that some people think is old-fashioned, out of date, and can be ignored, or insultingly to God, we've moved on from Scripture. We've moved on from the Bible. 
And this 400 million copies is happening in a world where, as one of the commentators put it, we're slowly closing off any access to God in our culture. It's all about me and my identity and not about who God is or even if God is. And if we know who God is, then that will tell us who we are. Without him, we can't know the answer to that question. So what is the Bible? Uh, It's had a massive and continuing presence and influence. Here's a really beautifully presented big copy, which shows you there's a lot there. Perhaps more than ever, we need to remind ourselves of the importance of the Bible. In a world full of words, full of books, so many books being published. And at least once a year on Bible Sunday, we pause and we think hard about why we have Bibles in the pews, in the chairs here. Across the world, tens of millions of Christians open their Bibles every day to read, mark, learn and inwardly digest. I'm so glad he had that collect. And I think when Thomas Cranmer was writing the original version of that, him and his team, for the original prayer book, they may well have had our passage of today as one of the passages in mind. In all the pages of all the books of the Bible, we meet God. And from those pages, we learn about him. We learn to love him. And when we've learned to love him, we learn to love him more. And we discover how he wants us to serve him and live for him. And it's in the Bible that we find the record of God's revelation of his love for us. Throughout history and ultimately in the Lord Jesus Christ himself. And let's remind ourselves today, there is nobody alive on our planet today who does not need to know that. We have such easy access to our Bibles, we readily forget that in many countries that's not the case. The Bible Society, which created the course I've just mentioned, came into being after something that happened in 1800. A young teenage Welsh girl so wanted to have the Bible in her own language that she saved up for six years enough money to buy one. When she'd done that, she then walked 26 miles to a minister's house in Ballar in North Wales where she had heard there were Welsh Bibles for sale. He sold her three for the price of one. So the supermarkets didn't invent that. And out of that came the Bible Society. And the Bible Society provides, gives access to God's Word in, another quiz question, over 200 countries. God's Word for God's world. So, turn with me to the passage, page 159, God's word, to have it in front of us. We're going to look at this in two parts. It's very short, one to three and four to six. The Apostle Paul is writing to the church in Rome. The Christians in Rome have been having a bit of turmoil, clearly, 
and he's urging them not to hold on to or dwell on disagreements that they might be having about things that are not crucial, things that are not essential parts of our gospel understanding or indeed our faith. In his time, there were things like feast days. Not a big issue for us, is it really? Um, Do we have feasts at all these days? But it was for them. When to have them, what to do when you have them. And one of the other things, again, even more remote for us, is a a disagreement over what food you can eat, depending on who's prepared it and where it's come from. But if we're honest, we can all think of things that might apply for us as well. Paul is saying, look, what we need to do as Christians is to support each other and build each other up. And that was good advice then, and it's good advice now. He talks about the strong, those who might be less bothered about these things, and the weak, people who are troubled by these things. And that's not a value judgment. Don't get hung up on strong and weak, depending on which side of those two you think you might be. That's not the point. It's just two different opinions being dwelt upon too much. Because I think both types are going to be present in pretty much every Christian community. And Paul says, brothers and sisters, as Christians, we should seek to be not getting our own way, but being more Christ-like. If you've got a chance, look back at chapter 8 of Romans, verses 28 and 29, Um, You needn't look now, look when you go home. Um, That talks about this being like Christ. Being, here's a word, conformed to the likeness of Christ. Why should we want to do that? So that our lives will reflect and follow the model and pattern of our Lord Jesus Christ himself. For there is no greater model or pattern for anyone's life ever between now and the Lord's return, that is the best possible goal anyone could have. And the example of Jesus Christ himself is the best example of how anyone could live. And where do we read about that? Well, Bible Sunday, we read about it in the New Testament. His incarnation. And what did he do in his desire to please the Father? He did the Father's will. And he worked for the Father's glory. So it follows then that if we are being conformed to this likeness of Christ, to follow in the way Christ has shown us, we should not be, and we cannot be, seeking to please ourselves over against other folk. Here's a high standard, but one we should aim for. It should be our joy to be building up our fellow believers. It should be our joy to be doing that. It's a great passage for us to be looking at today when we're still reflecting upon last week and Stewardship Sunday. Our response to the call to give and serve is against this backdrop. It's not about how we can please ourselves in what we do, but it's about how we can serve God. It's about how we can live for him. And we do that, of course, by serving the community in which we're set by bringing the good news of God's love to others and in our serving of our fellow believers. And as we serve our fellow Christians, we're helping to build up the church universal. What's the church universal, Godfrey? All the Christians in the world. All of us. Scripture tells us that is the body of Christ. 
active in the world. The body of Christ, building everybody up. Back into the passage. Paul actually, helpfully, for Bible Sunday, quotes from the Old Testament to make his point in verse 3. And that's from Psalm 69, verse 9. And in the English Standard Version, there's a sharp, crisp translation like this. For zeal for your house has consumed me, and the reproaches of those who reproach you have fallen on me. That's not the house literally. This is zeal for God has filled the life. Paul's wanting us to see Christ in this verse. Christ presented as the supreme example of living for God's glory. And that verse is actually quoted in the New Testament four or five times in relation to Jesus as Messiah. Paul wants us to get this for ourselves. He wants us to be honest with ourselves about our self-seeking and fallen nature and the need for us to be quite different if we are going to model Christ in our lives. But he doesn't leave it there. Second part, verses 4 to 6. He says, Whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, so that by steadfastness and by the encouragement of the Scriptures, we might have hope. Now that's not hope as in, I hope it has stopped raining by the time we go home, not that kind of hope. We're talking about Christian hope here, that hope we are confident will be fulfilled in eternity. The Old Testament known to Paul was written long before Paul was alive. But he makes the point here that he believed it was written for him and his contemporaries, and so also for us. The Bible is a continuing living revelation of God. It does not dull. It does not fade. You do not have to have the new version. There isn't a Bible 6, but we really all want a Bible 14, or whatever the latest phone might be. It's there for you, for me, not just for those who were there when it was written. New Testament, Old Testament, both the same. And Jesus used the scripture to explain the truth about himself, about the salvation of the world offered through his death and resurrection. So we should too, and we do. And the Bible is a fundamental part of the Christian's rhythm of life for that reason. Paul referring to the scriptures of the Old Testament reminded me when I was looking at this passage of that road to Emmaus experience. Do you remember that? Very soon after the Lord's resurrection, two disciples are walking from Jerusalem to Emmaus. takes about two and a half hours at normal walking speed. And so they had the privilege of a Bible study with the Lord Jesus Christ, who took them through what we will call the Old Testament today, explaining to them all the things there about himself. Now one day we need to have a really long sermon series and a really long Bible study series on Christ in the Old Testament. Here we are. Jesus did it. We should do it too. Note to self. Two more thoughts before I finish. 
Paul tells us that the scriptures are of real practical help to us in our Christian living, helping us to be steadfast and to encourage us towards hope. Now, steadfast, old-fashioned word, but very easy to understand, standing firm, standing firm. It doesn't get any easier, does it, to stand firm for Christ? We're not in a culture that welcomes that, not in a world, actually, that welcomes it. Through Scripture, we find encouragement, fresh learning, fresh encouragement, renewed confidence. We do need to have our sense of steadfastness stiffened, and the Scriptures can do that. And that itself is an encouragement in our Christian living. And is all of that so we can get a merit mark at the end of the year that we've done really well? Well, of course not. All that Christ did was to glorify the Father. And that too is our task and our goal. And and what a goal. Because this hope we're looking for is beyond our times now. A wonderful, joyous living in the full presence of God. And if that doesn't make you want to get up in the morning and give you hope, I don't know what will. A future living in the presence of God himself and being welcome there. As Paul puts it, that together we may with one voice, and won't that be joyous, a natural coming together in one voice, that we will glorify God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. What an ambition to pick up from the pages of the Bible. What a result. What a wonder. May that be true and lived out and experienced for every single person in this building this morning, together glorifying God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, together.